Good morning and welcome to day 45 of Lenten Prayer with St Cuthbert. Let us pray. This is an early Irish prayer. I offer thee every flower that ever grew, every bird that ever flew, every wind that ever blew, good Lord. I offer thee every wave that ever moved, every heart that ever loved, Thee, my Father's well-beloved, dear Lord. I offer thee every flake of virgin snow, Every spring of earth below, Every human joy and woe, my love. Amen. Our psalm this morning, Psalm 148. Alleluia! Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all you his angels. Praise him, all his host. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you stars of light. Praise him, heaven of heavens. And you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For he commanded and they were created. He made them fast forever and ever. He gave them a law which shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth. You sea monsters and all deeps. Fire and hail, snow and mist. Tempestuous wind fulfilling his word. Mountains and all hills. Fruit trees and all cedars. Wild beasts and all cattle. Creeping things and birds on the wing. Kings of the earth and all peoples. Princes and all rulers of the world. Young men and women, old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For his name only is exalted his splendour above earth and heaven. He has raised up the horn of his people and praise for all his faithful servants. The children of Israel, a people who are near him. Alleluia. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and shall be forever. Amen. O glorious Lord, your whole creation sings your marvellous work. May heaven's praise so echo in our hearts that we may be good priests of the earth. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 
The Gospel reading begins in Luke chapter 24 at verse 1. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners, and be crucified, and on the third day rise again? Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven, and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen clothes by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and crucified him, and we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had seen a vision of holy angels, who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. 
but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed. He has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. Here ends the Gospel reading of our Lord. This is an Anglo-Saxon prayer from the Nunnaminster Codex. O life of the dying, and salvation of the sick, the only hope of the wretched, and the resurrection of the dead, who rose on the third day, joyful and free, having broken the bonds of death and hell, I beg you with heartfelt gratitude, most high God, to grant unto me in my weakness a part in the first resurrection by the remission of my sins, and a share with your saints in the second resurrection, which is without end, O Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Chapter 45 of Bede's Life of Cuthbert There was a youth in a nearby monastery who had lost the use of all his limbs through that disease which the Greeks call paralysis. His abbot knew that the Lindisfarne monastery housed some extremely skilful physicians, so he sent him there with the request that they should do everything within their power to cure him. In compliance with the abbot's and their own bishop's command, they applied every ounce of skill and knowledge they possessed, but all to no effect. The disease advanced from day to day, and he became so helpless that in the end he could only open his mouth. His doctors, having so long exerted all their human skill in vain, gave up hope. Lying there, despaired of, he had recourse to the divine physician, to him who, when sought with sincerity of heart, pardoneth all our iniquities, and healeth all our infirmities. He asked his servant to bring him a piece of the incorruptible garments from the sacred body, believing that God, by virtue of the relic, would grant the grace of recovery. On the abbot's advice, the servant brought the shoes which Cuthbert had worn in the tomb and put them on the lifeless feet of the invalid, for the paralysis had first taken hold in the feet. This was done at sunset, when it was time to rest. The invalid immediately fell into a calm sleep. Suddenly, as the hours were drawing on into the silence of the night, first one foot, then the other, began to twitch. The servants who were watching over him 
saw this quite clearly and realised that the power of the saint's relics was at work, travelling upwards through the rest of the body from the soles of the feet. The bell for the night office woke him and he sat up. He knew at once that he was cured. The muscles and all the joints of his limbs felt strong and solid, and the pain had gone. He rose and stood all through matins, giving thanks to God. In the morning he went to the church, and with the whole community looking on and congratulating him, he went round the holy places, praying and offering the sacrifice of praise to his Saviour. There now occurred a most delightful reversal of procedure. He had been carried to Lindisfarne on a cart, completely paralysed. He walked away, safe and sound, with every member strong and under perfect control. Let us not forget that this was the work of the unchanging might of God's right hand. His wonders, memorable from of old, cease not to be poured forth in brightness on the world. We come to our prayers of intercession. Let us pray for the world. Almighty God, who has taught us to make prayers and intercessions for all people, we pray for ministers of religion and all who guide the thoughts of the people, for artists, authors, musicians, journalists, teachers and governors, that our common life may be crowned with truth and beauty. For all who heal the body, guard the health of the people, and tend the sick, that they may follow in the footsteps of Christ, the great physician. For all on whose labour we depend for the necessities of life, for our farmers and those who carry on the commerce of the world, that they may seek no private gain which would hinder the good of all. For parents and children, that purity, love and honour may dwell in our homes, and duty and affection may be the bond of our family life. For all who draw nigh unto death, that they may know thy presence with them through the valley of the shadow, and may wake to behold thy face through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Collect Gracious Lord, we remember that thou didst accompany thy two disciples as they journeyed to Emmaus. Do thou go with us, O Lord, on our journey through this world. Guide us, uphold us, strengthen us, make our hearts to burn within us, and evermore manifest thyself to our souls in gracious and heavenly power. For thine own name's sake we ask it. Amen. And we pray as our Saviour taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name.
Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. And finally a prayer for ourselves. Another Anglo-Saxon prayer from the Nonaminster Codex. Almighty and eternal God, the comfort of those who mourn, and the support of those weighed down. In an act of unique and memorable mercy, after your glorious resurrection, you appeared first to Mary Magdalene at the tomb, and comforted her by calling her name, so that the guilt of humanity might be removed from whence it came. I thank you, and beg you of your immense goodness to accept my prayer, although I am so unworthy, that I may find comfort and reassurance in the presence of your divine majesty, O Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.